Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There is a real spirit world. We live in it. Actually, it's more real than pinching my hand today. So how do we learn? Well, I have to know what his devices are and his schemes. You see, Satan's been at this since the Garden of Eden. And he has thousands of years of perfecting the way that he comes at us. Satan's main scheme is to tempt us to sin. In John 10, we read that Christ came to give us life and that we might have life more abundantly. This abundant life comes through the release of our bondage to sin and a restored relationship with our all-loving Father. Unfortunately, those of us who have made the decision for Christ are quick to realize that there are forces who seek to hinder this life in Christ. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us about the reality of that spiritual realm. In our study, we'll learn about the number one scheme of our adversary, the devil. That scheme is to tempt us into sin, as we'll learn from Pastor Mark. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1, with part one of his message entitled, The Battle Begins. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God's Word is so practical. Matthew, chapter 4. God has a great sense of humor because in my weekly routine, every other day, I use my air Schwindine in the house and I exercise that does the upper arms and the legs gets my heart rate up I do that for almost 30 minutes every other day on the opposite days I, I do a about a two mile walk then lift some weights just try to keep myself and my heart in good shape so I can preach at you for a few more years the problem is when I step out my door usually at around six ish in the morning there's a smell that overwhelms me. It's not in my dreams. We happen to live in a wonderful subdivision, the Falls of Sheridan, and not far from us, it's a ways, there is a factory that makes Krispy Kreme donuts. It's not a store, it's the factory that makes them for Publix and Walmart and all the 7-Elevens and all that kind of stuff. So I get my stuff on, I walk out the door, and I, I feel like, forget it. I already gained 500 pounds right there smelling that stuff. The calories are on my way even walk. Temptation. You're familiar with the word. Someone has said this. Why is it that opportunity knocks only once, but temptation just keeps banging and banging and banging on the door? 
We know what that means. This morning, we're going to learn five principles. You see, in your life, these five keys will show you how to be victorious from here until the last breath you take. So you want to write these down this morning. If this was a financial seminar and I was going to say to you, I'm going to give you five points, and these five points will guarantee success. Man with the note paper, come on, slow down, slow down, I got to get that point. These are even more important for you. So whether you're here on the internet, over in the cafe area, the, the commons, the cafetorium, doesn't matter. You're listening to this on a tape or DVD later, listen to these five points. Number one, write it down. Be aware of spiritual warfare. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, we read this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Right after this incredible mountaintop experience that Jesus had last week, he's baptized in water, the Holy Spirit fills him, and immediately his father says, way to go. I am really pleasing you. Immediately, Jesus faces temptation. That is not unusual. You see, in our life, after a mountaintop experience, quite often there's a trial or a test coming. We are introduced in this verse to something that the Bible calls spiritual warfare. And we're also introduced to our main enemy, Satan. You see, the moment you became a Christian, the moment, a lifelong spiritual war began. It will never end until your last breath. So how do I deal with this? Well, Jesus is going to be a perfect example. It's going to be Jesus and Satan together for 40 days of warfare. The principles you see, these five principles, and the tools and the equipment are what will guarantee you and myself success in our life. Number two, be aware of Satan's devices and schemes. And schemes. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians. So that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are very familiar with his evil schemes. Another translation would say something like this. We are not ignorant of Satan's ways. This morning, many people are ignorant about Satan and his schemes. In fact, the very first thing that people are not smart about or they're unsure of is there a, a real personal devil? Many people are confused with that. You see, they, th- they see Jesus today in the wilderness, and it's going to be Jesus and, and some Halloween guy in his, in his, in his red suit and a, a pitchfork. No, it's, it's going to be a real person. It's Satan. He is real. And he has a lot of forces with him called demons. So I, I don't really believe in the spirit world then he's already deceived you. There is a real spirit world. We live in it. Actually, it's more real than pinching my hand today. So how do we learn 
Well, I have to know what his devices are and his schemes. You see, Satan's been at this since the Garden of Eden. And he has thousands of years of perfecting the way that he comes at us. Satan's main scheme is to tempt us to sin. That's his main way to get us. He's going to tempt us to sin. And he uses all kinds of devices called lying and deceit and discouragement and unforgiveness and depression. All of those things, he knows how to just mix them exactly right and come at us. So the more I understand that there is a real Satan and that his goal is to get me to sin, the more I understand that, and then the more I begin to, and you'll see him this morning, I begin to see the way he does that through maybe lying or deceit or taking the word of God and twisting it a little bit. The more I begin to understand the tactics of Satan, the better equipped I am to simply say to, to Satan, no, I know where you're going with this. I'm not going there. So listen up this morning. Now, these next three things you, you need to get clarified in your mind and get them clear. So you'll have to write them down. We'll leave them up there for a few moments. Number one, God tests us, but Satan tempts us. There's a difference between test and tempt. God never tempts us to sin. The Bible tells us that. So what is God doing when he brings tests into my life? When he brings trials into my life, the book of James says to count it all joy when I'm going through these difficult times. Why? Well, because of this definition. What is God trying to do with testing? It's used by God, testing, to purify and to grow us into maturity. You see, as a Christian this morning, God's goal isn't for you just to sit here and kind of veg out. His goal is to grow you, to become more like him, to be molded, as you heard in our last song. So he has a goal of purifying us, taking the junk in our life and, and bringing it to the top, Peter says, and kind of skimming it off. You say, well, how long does that happen? <laughs> Lifelong. I never get there. That's the wonderful thing. God doesn't get impatient with me. He's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress. Well, what is Satan's goal? Well, it's way different than growth and encouragement and building me up and become more like Christ. Satan's goal, he uses temptation to do it. Well, what is it? It's used by him to lead us into sin. But the thing you got to burn in your memory this morning is that not just lead into sin. His ultimate goal is to get us away from God's plan for our life. And he'll use discouragement and frustration and all kinds of stuff in our life to say, I just can't go there. I'm tired of doing that. I'm not going to do it. And so we move away from the plan of God in our life. In our teaching this morning, we'll see exactly how Jesus defeats Satan, and we'll see those tactics and devices coming from all angles, learn from them. Now, how is Jesus going to defeat Satan? That's point number three. Be aware of God's weapons. Be aware of God's weapons. Jesus in the desert is going to face Satan... As a man, not as God. He won't use his own divine power. He could have. He won't. He set it aside. That's what actually Satan's going to tempt him to do. But Jesus is going to, as a man, 
used the same three resources that I have this morning. So we can't go and say, well, Dad, nice story with Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. No, you're not. But I have the same three weapons available to me because I'm in spiritual warfare. What are the three weapons? Here they are. The three weapons, the three spiritual resources that are available to us are, number one, the Word of God, which is the Bible, the power of the Holy Spirit, and prayer. Now, as you read this text here, and in Luke, and just a little summary in Mark, you might say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm familiar with this passage. I see the Word of God. I see the power of the Holy Spirit, but I don't ever see prayer. Well, you think Jesus spent 40 days in the desert and didn't talk to his father? Well, yeah, that's talking to God. Hello, that's what prayer is. It's simply talking to God and then listening to God. So those are the three resources that I have, listen this morning, to bring me victory every single day of my life. Every single day. So if you're a Christian this morning, wow. If I'll get this, if I'll understand this, then I can live a victorious life. I can overcome Satan's attacks on me, which come all the time. Now, if you're not a Christian, well, you can't use these because God doesn't live in you. And you're already in Satan's camp, and this morning you need to say, I want out. And you should want out, because he has a goal to kill and destroy and ruin your life. Last week, we saw how Jesus was baptized into the Spirit. How important is being filled with the Spirit? How important is being filled with the Spirit? Yeah. If Jesus isn't filled with the Spirit, he doesn't win these victories. Now, baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, two different things. That's why you got to get the tapes from Wednesday night. You see, an event, being baptized in the Spirit, leads you into a doorway of the Spirit-filled life, which is every single day, where I yield myself. You remember the song we sang the second to the last song? Be the wind in my sails. Many of you this morning got no wind. Your boat's just sitting because the power of God isn't driving you and directing you in your life. Here's a verse I want you to understand very clearly. One day, the religious people came to Jesus and they gave them this ridiculous kind of stuff and asked him this question. At the end of it, this may be very, very important for you if you're going to see the balance that we strive for in this church. The the religious people came to Jesus and said, well, what's the answer to this? And Jesus, in his answer, he gave them the answer, but then he said this. The problem you're having because you're asking this stupid question is this. Notice, Matthew 22, 29. Jesus replied, your problem is, number one, you don't know the scripture. I mean, you're the religious people. You don't even know the Bible. And number two, you don't know the power of God. That's the balance. Do you understand today, this is where we are in the Christian world. Many of you came from wonderful churches. By the way, let me just state this right up front. Is this a perfect church? No. Let's move for now. Okay? Are you okay? This is not a perfect church. But many of you came from a church that was really into the scriptures. Man, you knew the scriptures. The Bible. But pretty much, 
When things of the spirit, gifts, healing, supernatural, whoops, cessationists, it's over with. God doesn't do that anymore. And then some of you in this, and you're probably sitting next to each other, you just don't even know it this morning. Some of you came from this kind of a background, where the power of God, talk about the Holy Spirit, man, it's a circus, everything goes. And somebody says to you, I don't see that in the Bible, we don't care about the Bible, we're going for it, it's emotional. Now let me ask you a question this morning. If you're not a Christian and you're looking for a place to go to church, would you look for a funeral home? Or would you look for a circus? Tell me, which? Most of us, if you, that's the only two choices. There's not a third choice. <laughs> Most of us, you say, I'm going to the funeral home. God help you. No, we're going to where? We're going to go to the circus. And some of us have come from a circus. And that's the problem. Do you understand what God's trying to say? There's got to be a balance between the word and the spirit. And if you get it balanced, whoo, hallelujah, that's what we strive for here. This place is not a circus. We don't allow people just to draw attention to run on the aisles and do all this kind of thing. And if somebody says, well, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to experience that. Not here. But I am. we're not over here. Oh, you're raising your hands in this church. You're praying for the sick? You've got to be kidding me. God heals today? Yes. Can God give joy in your heart? Yes. No, I'm a Christian and there's no joy. <laughs> I believe God's word. No, Jesus, and I'm not trying to make fun. Jesus is saying yesterday, today, forever. The three weapons, get them. The word of God, the power of God in prayer. The three, they have to work together. Now, as you understand that, you'll see the victory that's here. Actually, in the book of Luke, it says this, the same passage. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, went in to his time of testing and temptation. Think about this, and you're going to get a picture at the end. Jesus baptized with the Spirit. Luke says, as he leaves the waters, and he goes into the desert for 40 days... Of testing against Satan, he goes in filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Get the tape. Filled with the Spirit. Now, after battling for 40 days and no food for 40 days, how do you think Jesus will come out of that? Oh, oh, I made it through the 40 days. I can't, oh man, I can't believe I made it through the 40 days. You know what the Bible says in Luke? It says at the end of the 40 days, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Ooh, hallelujah. Do you know how many of you this morning are beat down, discouraged, depressed? Every inch of you is hurting. The joy of the Lord has been drained out of you. Why? You don't understand the three principles I'm going to tell you. Jesus goes through 40 days of hell and walks out the same way he walked in, in the power of the Spirit. You say, that's impossible for me. No, it isn't. That's his goal. That's his desire. Were those 40 days tough? Oh, you're going to see it this morning. Very tough. But the Spirit is controlling him. That's where we live this morning. And God's going to help us. Because Jesus was filled with the Spirit and knew the Word of God and prayed to his Father, every type of temptation he could identify with. He passed. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, we have a high priest who went through every kind of trial and tempting that you and I go through. One difference, he never sinned. So being filled with the Spirit doesn't eliminate testing and temptation. See, a lot of people think, well, if I get filled with the Spirit, then it's going to be a perfect life. I'm not going to have any more tempting. No, exactly wrong. By the way, being tempted isn't a sin. Giving in to temptation is a sin. So you and I are going to be absolutely tempted. And we're going to have to go through some difficult times. Now, being filled with the Spirit helps us to defeat Satan and his temptations. God didn't design our lives to be lived in the power of the Spirit by ourselves. It's with Him. We'll never be able to overcome the temptations of life without God in control of our lives. Now, go back to verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, into the desert, being filled with the Spirit, allows us to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is a wonderful thing. It's one thing for Jesus to be led into the wilderness. The Spirit says, here's here's where I want you to go. I want you to go into the wilderness. Then Jesus gets there, and he's there for 40 days and doesn't know what to do. No, he's going to be led every single day by the Spirit. That's what the Spirit-filled life is all about. It's 24-7. Listening, hearing God, hearing his voice, knowing what to do. Romans 8.14 says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Turn it around. If you're a son or daughter of God, you can expect for God to lead us. So day by day, one of the most exciting things that I believe that I have and you have is to be able to, as a Christian, hear God's voice and be led by him. You have that privilege. You have that right. The book of John says, My sheep know my voice. So as I'm led by the Spirit of God, I can know that this is where God wants me to go. It's not weirdness. It's not all the time, you know, tie your shoes, wear a brown tie, have a brown shirt on. No, you have a wife for that. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is not into what you're wearing. Okay? But He is interested... When you're out doing this, and he says, I, you need to stop there, and this person, that person comes up to you, and you go, I don't really have time for this, and all of a sudden, they pour out their heart. Then you got to go, okay, this is a God thing. Let me stop for a moment. Why don't I be late for another appointment? Who cares? Because I'm going to have to deal with this. So as we're doing that in our lives, God's doing some wonderful things as he leads us. Let me just ask you a simple question this morning. In the last week, do you know you've been led by God? In today's study entitled, The Battle Begins, Pastor Mark addressed a topic that's either widely dismissed or simply misunderstood, spiritual warfare. In our message, we learned the importance of being aware of the spiritual battle taking place in the background of each of our lives. Giving us several tips on how to be aware of this, Pastor Mark taught us how to better live the life of abundance promised to us by Christ. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Stay tuned for the next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In our study, Pastor Mark will teach us ways in which we can better overcome the challenges and temptations we face as followers of Christ. We'll learn that by the power of prayer and of being filled by the Holy Spirit, even the most daunting of temptations can be overcome. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.